you're listening to the Regional Update. I'm Jessica Strauss. I'm the Weed Smart Communications and Project Lead. And in this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions, whether it be the North, South or Western, each month, and we find out what's happening in their patch in regards to weed control. Let's get into it. In this edition of the Regional Update, we're heading to the Southern region to catch up with Growmore Agronomy Services agronomist Jeshua Smith. Jeshua is based in Young, New South Wales, and he does join me now. How are you going, Jeshua? Oh, living the dream, Jess. How are you? I'm really good, and it's great to be able to chat with you. So for those who might not be familiar with Young, New South Wales, can you just paint a bit of a picture of your farming district? Uh, yep. So to sort of explain where Young is, um, two hours west of Canberra, two hours north of Wagga, uh, so it's sort of be more familiar with some of New South Wales' major landmarks. Yeah, we're a, a very diverse region, predominantly mixed farming enterprises. So a lot of our cropping is dual-purpose cropping. We also have a range of permanent planting horticulture through the area, predominantly stone fruit and vines, which can be challenging to try and farm up alongside, but mm. it's, it's the challenges that keep our job interesting. Our rainfall probably for the area I look after ranges from about 500 mil to 700 mil average annual rainfall, although I'm yet to experience an average year. Right. <laughs> um, so it's been everything but you go you know, from, from the extremes of, of drought to obviously the last two years where we've um, had enormous rainfall events. And then uh, in January this year, most of my growers experienced 150 to 200 plus mil of rain, which is phenomenal to get what is supposed to be a third of our annual rainfall in, um, in a single month. Yeah, wow. That's, yeah, really hectic. And so, yeah, like you said, a lot of your clients are in that high rainfall zone. Can you tell us about what kind of weed birds you're facing? And I guess uh, particularly at the moment with that additional rainfall. Yeah, so our public enemy number one would be the same as most regions throughout Australia is, is ryegrass, uh, annual ryegrass. And then we have localised populations of, of a suite of other things. Uh, we have areas that have issues with radish, wireweed. Um, one of our biggest issues in Pasture situation, so take the crop out off for a second, is scotch thistles, but we tend to clean those up pretty quickly once we bring it into crop. Ryegrass being public enemy number one, uh, and we're in a, a pretty tight rotation of um, wheat canola through, through a lot of my part of the world, and that's based off the fact that we don't have too much on-farm storage, and so we're, we're about the deliverable grains. So yeah, being in that tight rotation, we obviously have a a big pressure on um, our Group A herbicides in that uh, canola part of the rotation. And so we have seen those um, fall over. They've been falling over for a while. Some people fairly recently. Some people have been burying their heads in the sand as, as they want to do. But yeah, it's really started to come to the fore in the last two or three years for a lot of people. And then chuck on, we have glyphosate issues for the same problem that, uh, yeah, we're putting so much emphasis on it. And in this year in particular, with such a, a mild summer and a, and a wet summer, we've seen ryegrass germinate a lot earlier than normal, where we tend to start to worry more about ryegrass from March onwards when things cool. We've had ryegrass from those January rains, which has, has shocked a few people and pushed us to have to put a double knock a bit earlier, which, you know, it's normally something we think about in our, in our last one or two fallow sprays. Uh, but yeah, it's something we've had to bring in a bit earlier this year. In yeah. terms of summer weeds, yeah, fleabane has been phenomenal this year. 
uh, talking to a number of other agros around, that's a pretty common experience. So in places where we may not have been able to get on and put on residual like clopyrrolid through the growing season, it has just been wall-to-wall fleabane, which creates another suite of headaches, which has also pushed us into having to do double knocks early on just because it's such a difficult weed to control, especially once you let it get a bit of growth on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you've talked a little bit there about some of the uh, big six tactics that growers are using to tackle weeds, but can you talk a bit more broadly about what kind of things you're implementing to get on top of weeds at the moment? Uh, Yeah, so as I said, one of our biggest issues is, uh, I guess from that ryegrass perspective, is that we are in such a tight wheat canola rotation. Uh, We are seeing more and more pulses come into the mix for some growers to allow for that double break and use some of the more novel chemistries, something like Factor, or now we have Ultra as a pre-emergent. So the, the ability to um, mix and rotate herbicides is, is something we use a lot of. Double knocking and something that can be can be hard is, is obviously harvest weed seed control, something that we um, try and emphasise and use as much as possible. But unless your head is set up, it can be a bit of a headache. I haven't seen or heard of any seed destructor or Harrington yeah, the seed destructors or um, seed terminators locally. I know they're not too far away and some contractors have them on. For our part of the world, we have had chaff carts. So we actually have someone fairly local who manufactures chaff carts. So there has been um, somewhat of an uptake of those. But the bigger one has probably just been narrow windrow burning, which can get old for some growers pretty quickly based on the fact of how much time it can take to get around and burn windrows. And, um, yeah, when you have a wet summer, just how hard it is to get those windrows to burn. So we, we utilise what we can. I guess another key one would be crop competition. So, yeah, we, a lot of my client base are on 8 to 10-inch row spacings, so fairly tight. I have a couple of outliers. I've got someone out on 12-inch and someone in on 6-inch. And then, yeah, try and have an appropriate seeding rate for competition. So a lot of the time we're sowing our cereals at 70 to 80 kilos to the hectare just to try and have you know, maximum plant numbers there that obviously um, trying to be as economic and viable as possible. But seed is one of our cheapest costs. So trying to promote as much competition as cheaply and freely as possible to try and smother weeds. Excellent, Joshua. And heading into seeding, how are things looking and do you have any tips for growers in your region? So, yeah, as I said, we've had a very wet summer, so we've got a great subsoil profile. We're just going to have be reliant on on um, some sowing rain to obviously get things up and away. Uh, we've actually had sowing commence already for our part of the world, so as I said at the start, we're pretty big on dual-purpose crops. Um and so off some of the forecasts we've had the last two weeks, some of which haven't, haven't uh, come through for some growers. We've, we've got a lot of grazing canola already in the ground that has a reasonable pre-emergence under it, either overwatch or trifluralin based on sowing systems and, and uh, obviously our rotation perspective. And so from uh, and then we're, uh, we're into some grazing weeks as well, which again, we'll be using diverse rotations under based mainly probably based around the grazing withholds to make sure we can get stock on around that eight-week mark when crops are normally ready to have them on and uh, outside of most seed dressing grazing withholding fields. Heading into seeding, as I said, 
ryegrass has started early this year, which has shocked a few people. One of the biggest things is just to make sure you are double knocking and you learn most lessons the hard way. If you do have suspect survivors and you are sending them away for a quick test, a bit of advice would be to consider any post-emergence you're going to use at the same time. So if you have the ability to send them away, like uh, so last year in crop, I sent some away that we had suspect clethenum resistance, sent them away to double-check for clethenol plants, to send away to check for glyphosate resistance at the same time. And similarly, uh, at the start of the season, when I had some suspect life um, resistance, sent away some plants to try and get some uh, clethenum resistance levels as well so that we have an understanding of what we're throwing at the crop, whether we're going to get control or not. So, yeah, double knock to make sure you're getting as uh, as good a kill as you can before you start. And then if you are testing, to try and think forward with your testing too. Great advice, uh, Joshua. And looking a bit more into the future, do you have any tips or any things that you think people need to be mindful of for controlling weeds a little bit longer term into the year? So our part of the world, it, it can be pretty difficult. We have so many different germinations of ryegrass, but I guess the critical thing is to make sure you're using a robust herbicide, a pre-em herbicide that is going to provide residual protection in a drier start if we're in that situation and your seeding system allows for it. Consider the addition of something like trifluralin that doesn't need as much moisture as, as part of a um, tank mix to go in. And then when we're targeting in-crop, uh, small is key to try and make sure we're going to be able to pull it down. So there can be the, uh, the desire from some growers to try and wait and wait and wait. You know, the next storm will bring up more or, or whatever their uh, sort of philosophy is. But if we're trying to get things while they're small, we've got a much greater chance of being able to get control. So, yeah, I'd say robust herbicides and target things small rather than waiting to try and tackle monsters and being disappointed. Good tips, Joshua. Well, thank you so much for giving us an overview of what's happening in your patch at the moment. And we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you very much, Jess. It's an absolute pleasure.